Sisters and Survivor Girls, welcome to an edition you can sink your teeth into. I'm your host, Meg. I'm Lunchbox, and uh, very nice, very nice yeah. points. I like punny goodness. So good. It's just dripping in punny goodness. I mean, the, the points mean nothing, but I appreciate them nonetheless. <laughs> yup. This, this week was Lunchbox's pick, but before we get into that, um, just a tiny bit of housekeeping. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet... And you've been listening for a little bit. I know you've listened to three, four, five plus episodes at this point. If you subscribe now, you can get us every week without fail in your favorite podcatcher. You can find us on the social medias, Instagram and Facebook at Creepin' It Real, R-E-E-L as a movie reel. And if you have any ideas for movies you want to hear us rate, review, or roast, feel free to drop them in our email at creepinitreal.cm at gmail.com. And so with that little bit of nonsense out of the way... What did we do? Yeah, we went with the uh, the horrors of Dracula. Yeah, we. This is our first foray into hammer horror. Yeah, and um, like, and we haven't I, done a vampire movie in almost a year, which is blew my mind. Literally, I just napalm the shit out of my brain. Yeah, we haven't done it since episode two, Salem's Lot. Like when you when you mentioned <laughs> that, you were just like, oh, what was our last vampire movie that we've done? And we try to mix it up and keep it keep it fresh and then i was just like oh like salem's lot which is our second episode yep. i was like holy crap that was almost a year ago so i'm pretty proud of ourselves but uh like still also kind of a little bum because it's like we how haven't have... really done any more like vampire movies yeah so. and how how we've managed to not do one in so long is beyond yeah. me because i'm usually the first one to be like let's watch the lost boys Let's watch Dracula Dead and Loving It. Let's watch like any number of vampire movies because yeah. that's kind of in my wheelhouse. Well, I mean, and, and I, I haven't since Salem's Lot. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm more of a werewolf guy, anyways. And I like I look back and I was like, oh, we've done like three werewolf movies, and it's just like, okay, that that makes more sense. But it's still, right. at the same time, I wanted to go and do. Ironically, uh, none of them were your pick. No. They were all mine. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but I, and I went with it. Like, I, I can't say no to 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 the Wolfies. Nope. But um, but no, but there was with this one. I wanted to to start off, and I didn't want to do the like the Universal Dracula as much as I love that one. Um, but also I know that you're a Hammer fan, mm-hmm. so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna choose one, and I'm gonna go Hammer, and I'm gonna go Dracula. On top of that. The three guys that are actually in this movie, I am a big fan of. So it's like it it just kind of just wraps it all in for me. So I love Dracula. I love all three of the actors. And it's and so it wins. This this is Hammer before they started getting real heavy on the sex and real heavy on the kitsch. Um, there was oh, still when they're actually doing movies just the proper way, right? Okay, before things started getting a little silly, I wouldn't say maybe silly is not the right word, but they definitely started. They started seeing some of the movies coming over from Italy, and they were like, "We can do that." And so they started incorporating more of those Jello and elements. They into didn't it. turn it up to eleven yet. It was still probably like an eight, eight, eight-ish. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, it still gets the message across, but they aren't leaning in real hard on the sex and they aren't leaning in real hard on some of the more uh, out o- over the top things. Yeah, they they were just tiptoeing on this one. Right. They were still hammer. Um this this movie actually saved the the company from going belly up, which um 
because they'd always through the 50s they were kind of just sort of not underground but they were definitely not a super secure studio um over here in the states we had our own version of hammer and the name of it begins with an a but the name of the company is escaping me right now it's like amica or amica or something like that if anybody can remember it feel free to pass that <laughs> along because i would be super happy um because i can't google it if i don't know what i'm looking for um so samsonite <laughs> way off this one um i like i actually started watching recently i watched a couple of episodes of um i think it's called hammer horror presents they had in 1980 they had a tv series that i wasn't aware of and um it's definitely a little bit quieter or a little more subdued than their movies that they were putting out uh in the 60s and 70s but it still had the gut of what horror was um and they just played with a bunch of little stories. One of the episodes I watched actually had Patricia Quinn in it, uh, Magenta from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Nice. So uh, I've only watched a couple of episodes of that so far. I'm looking forward into to digging into it a little bit more. Um, it's So far it seems like something that I can kind of maybe watch around the kids, but I'm also like boobies because they went real heavy-handed with the boobies sometimes. So I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. You know what? Kids need to see tits sometimes. <laughs> Please don't call Child Protective Services on us. <laughs> My kids Listen, do not see boobies. With I remember being a, a very young man and watching Police Academy and going, holy crap, there's boobs. And then it's like, that's all you, like, it's just. Eight-year-old lunchbox just, became your a mind man. Going, and then it's like, oh, I watched Trading Places. Boobs. It's just like Jamie Lee Curtis boobs. Very much so, Jamie Lee Curtis boobs. <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, it's like it's like Selma Hayek and a young Jamie Lee Curtis on my list. Like, just don't even be around and me, bro. Trading places. Trading places. A crush was born. Yeah, I'm not. Like, you think I'm joking? Like, no, that I'm is, not. That I'm is not. A, that I'm... is a that is a true fact. <laughs> that is science. She's, people. Jamie Lee Curtis is still. She's still a babe. She's a babe. Whoa. Showing, but there was the like, but that was the thing is like it's, I don't find it to be terrible if it's like, like an every once in a while like if it just kind of like shows up like once in a movie, it's not terrible. But if it's like gratuitous, just like we're just throwing tits in everything, and it's just like <laughs> every scene's got a tit. Even our killer's got tits, and he's a man, and it's just like it, like Movies. that. That's just when it, it gets it gets really really bad, um, and I mean it. Sometimes it kind of takes you out of a movie when right. they do that, um, just because they're really trying to push for the sex. And it's... I I have watched very little Hammer. Um, I am a fan of it. I love the history of what they've done because they tend to they've taken a lot of what Universal was doing and they kind of put their own very British spin on it. And yeah, um, this. The Horrors of Dracula had a very... This was a very British movie. It was a very... The acting was very, like, a little bit stiff. And it was very, like, a little bit of that quick talking. Very, very proper, too. Yeah, like. yeah. It was... Uh, that's the best way I can describe it. And, and if any of you out there listening, some of you are probably nodding, going, I know exactly what she's trying to say. And for those of you that can't, I'm sorry. I wish I could describe it better. But it's just... When you watch... An older movie from Britain, it's the it, 
if you saw it, you could go, oh, I get it. Like, it's really tough to describe. It's, it's like two people sitting down at a table talking about a piece of toast for a long time. It's people in rooms talking. It's yes. A lot of that, it, yes. It, that, it's, that's all it is. Just like, and, and it's being very it's, polite about it. It's yes. like, oh, do you want a piece of toast? Oh, this toast is very golden and brown. It's got very golden edges. Oh, is it white bread? No, it's, it's whole wheat. Oh, I love whole wheat. It, it's just like... Oh my God, just somebody shoot somebody. Like, God, I'm so American. God, blow some shit up. Where's the fire? Did the toaster catch fire? If not, I'm not interested. The, America! The, but it's a very, um, yeah, it's just, it's a very British vibe. And, which is great. I'm totally down. I'm a total Anglophile. Like, Doctor Who, bring on the Jammy Dodgers. Like, I know probably more about Henry VIII than is normal for an average American. Um, so bring it on. I'm fine with it. Uh, this was interesting though. Um, this was a stripped down version of Bram Stoker's Dracula and the horror of Dracula came out on June 16th, 1958. It was made for a budget of about 81,000 pounds. Um, and it grossed approximately three and a half million American dollars, uh, worldwide after its release. So this is a fairly profitable movie. Like I said, this pretty much saved Hammer from bankruptcy. It was directed by Terrence Fisher. It was written by Jimmy Sangster, and it was based on uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. It it was definitely a streamlined, more outlined version of Dracula yeah, than we're used to seeing. Like, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, but yeah, that's what I felt like it was. Like, at first I was like, oh, it's going to be like its own story, and then I'm like, oh no, this is, this is Bram Stoker, and then I'm like, oh wait, no, but they kind of like jumped ahead. And, it's a real pared back yeah, version. Yeah, but... But it works. It does work. Um, it stars Christopher Lee as Dracula. Doi. Uh, Peter Cushing as Van Helsing. Also, doi. Michael Goff as Arthur. Melissa Stripling as Mina. Carol Marsh as Lucy. And John Van Eysen as Jonathan Harker. God, man. Those three men that you just like listed right at the top there are... Just some of my just all time. I liked your. Oh my god! I so, loved your uh, reaction when. God, so good. I loved your reaction when Arthur walked on the screen. I was like, "Hey, man, do you recognize him?" And you're like, "No." And then you thought about it for a second more, and you're like, "Because oh, we recognize him as Alfred from and, the Batman movies." And that's the thing is like so. Or like a Tim Burton movie or something. Yeah, like like Christopher Lee is like like he's so good as Dracula, and it's but the thing is like Peter Cushing. I thought was also amazing as Van they, Helsing. Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing had a magic together, which is why they did so many ha- Hammer films yeah. together. Um, it was like peanut butter and jelly but for the most I, part. But the thing that I love, though, is because Peter Cushing, I I am a huge Star Wars fan, so to see him as the general being the bad guy that's blowing up planets and stuff. And, and he's like, very much the good guy in this. Yeah, it's like he's like really, but he does it, it kind of has that same vibe, but because he's you know being the good guy, it it really works. Like it's like I it it's believable and yeah. it's like it's it's it really holds on its own for his like Van Helsing and on top of that probably one of the better Van Helsings I've really ever seen. Like he didn't, it's it's good. He played it straight and he played it. Um, as a sympathetic character, he also played it as a very believable character. Like, some people have a tendency to take the Van Helsing character and make it a little bit mad, not mad scientist, but they kind of 
push it I always so see, it gets almost a little hammy. I almost see him like kind of like an Indiana Jones thing where it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, he's a he's a school teacher, but he's like this like mega badass and he's just like and he can do like, you know, do all types of shit that normal but, but like with Peter Cushing, he was just a man. And it was yeah. just the, like, uh, he was a man that knew shit, and he, but it wasn't like he was like, oh, I'm going to go out and do, you know, a whole bunch of kung fu and start, you know, uh, there was no giving v- super kicks to, to vampires. For, for fans of Doctor Who, there was no Venusian Aikido. Um, Jesus, nerd. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> But, oh, but there. But that was Star like, Wars. Yeah, I know. I just that's what I'm saying. I'm like, nerd, <laughs> bring it on. The, but the the, the the thing though is that you mentioned that with um, uh, Arthur um, Michael Goff. Michael Michael. I, I always want to call him Mitchell for some fucked up reason. That is really fucked up. It's terrible. I don't know why my Not brain is there. But with Michael, when you showed like when when he came on screen, like I automatically. Like it had that that feeling that I knew him, and it sounded like I was like like somebody I knew. But then you're like, hey, is that? Do you recognize him? And then like I had like this moment. And it took a minute, but you recognized him pretty fast. The only time that I recognize him is because of Batman, uh, you know, with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. But he's already old. Like he's already like, yeah. There's that no, was thirty years after and this. this. He is a dapper son of a bitch. He is a handsome man, and I was like, it blew my mind that he was that young in this movie. It's funny and because all th- it's so good. All three of our leading men, um, Lee, Goff, and Cushing, they were all probably in their late thirties, maybe early forties. Like they were like mature, but still kind of young-ish. And uh, he, I looked at all three of them, and I was like. That's some, there's a lot of quality, handsome man going on yeah, right here right it now. Was, it was really good. But, and but Michael, hands down, I was like, God, like he's a, it's, it's like, it's like looking at old pictures of like Betty White. You're like, God damn, she was a fox. Michael was, he was. He was pretty foxy. He was yeah, good. He was a good looking man. The, uh, Christopher Lee though, one of the most recognizable things about him was always his voice. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. So what's really strange about this movie is not only does he only have seven minutes of screen time, literally seven minutes of screen time, he also has like half a dozen lines, and all he does is have like a couple of conversations with Jonathan Harker at the very beginning of the movie, and then he doesn't speak for the rest of it. Yep. He doesn't say a word outside of like he makes some noises, he makes some hisses and grunts and stuff. Like there's a fight scene, but actual spoken words he doesn't say it so they basically took the most recognizable part of the man and this is the 50s and so he wasn't he was most he was kind of established but he wasn't as we would come to know him the following decade in the 60s and 70s the the thing that i that struck me with this movie and christopher lee is he hasn't, in a weird way, he hasn't grown into that voice mm-hmm. that we know yet. Like, if you, uh, you know, go to, like, you know, Count Dooku in Star Wars. It's not Wars, anywhere it's like near that, as deep where, as it would become, like, oh, yeah. Like, that big bassy, like, I, you know, I got a bunch of wood, and it's just like, oh, I'm gonna, like, it, it's just like, it, he doesn't have that bass yet. And then this one, you could tell, like, there was, like, it was there, because it was, it's obviously him, but it doesn't have that, like, power impact that 
he had in later movies. It was, yeah, it, it, his voice dropped, it sounded like it dropped an octave later on. It just matured. So he was still like, still very properly Christopher Lee, but he definitely, you know, he, he wasn't there just yet in terms of his, his, it didn't, it didn't demand. Yeah. His voice wasn't commanding, but his presence was. So because he was such a very tall man, he could fill a room. So when the sets were built, like he was just barely clearing doorways. And then um, when he would spread out his arms and show off, the cape was amazing as well. But when he would spread his arms to show off like the full size of the cape, he could fill a frame. Um, which, is, just, which is good because it's like it really kind of helps for that like uh, sinister. It's uh, imposing. It's a yeah. little intimidating. Um, but on the flip side of that, because there was a seductive element to the character, it was also kind of inviting because it was sort of one of those where it was like, I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm still attracted. And it was like, I'm just going to wrap you up into like the safety of my cocoon kind of thing. Um, before I kill you and make you one of my evil brides. And, uh, but, um... Yeah, it just it just lent to making him even bigger because he was Christopher Lee was always he was very tall but he was very lean so he was a very like a string bean of a man. Um, but once he once the the voice dropped a little bit and he had a little bit of that um, more chesty sound in his voice, like he could just walk in. Once we get to like the Wicker Man in the seventies and stuff, when he walked into a room. You were paying attention. You and were listening to everything. And he that's said. where it's like, I mean, uh, there's so many movies that Christopher Lee has done that we oh are, God, his, are huge fans. The number of. of credits he has, if you look at his IMDb page, there's hundreds. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Have you ever listened to his uh, his metal Christmas album? I'm aware of it. I don't know if I've listened. Oh to my God, we ha- I have to like play that for you because it is amazing. But it, at the same time, it's just like. He has so many different acting credits, and he's in so many different things. I mean, it's like it's dumbfounding, but at the same time, it's like going back into his earlier work, as you mentioned, like with Wicker Man, where that, from what I remember, is that big booming voice was there, and this it was just very interesting to see where it was just just a man talking, like it was it it didn't demand. presence but it was just yeah. like but his as you mentioned his appearance did and that was still and that was enough the, yeah. i think part of it too is because you didn't get to have a lot of dialogue with him i don't know if it maybe was handcuffed a little because the amount of actual speaking part he had was so small um i have to go in and um look at once we continue on through the rest of the the dracula series on the podcast, like I'm curious to see the evolution of the character and the yeah, actor because as well. th- this is the first of the Dracula Hammer uh, films, and I'm actually like after as I'm looking back at it, um, I think Bell Lugosi was also in that same boat where he didn't like he had like a, a couple like a bunch of lines at the beginning of the movie, but then as the movie went on. He just kind of faded out, and then like he would just like appear, he didn't and he speak would do, as much. yeah, and like I think Hammer kind of took that, uh, like what Universal did as as a success, and kind of 
implemented their own little flavor into that but mixing it with the you know what what the formula already kind of was right um because there was a little little techniques that i saw hammer do that universal did and uh like for instance uh there was a scene where christopher lee walks into to the frame and you see like they just do a shot of his face and the light is right over his eyes and it's like they did the same thing with bill lugosi um just morticia adams and morticia adams yeah yeah (laughs) so i mean like that was the thing was like they utilized that and it really enhanced for the the effect um weirdly enough i didn't feel like it was super effective because you could tell like it was a white light going across his eyes compared to when it's in black and white it adds for a little bit more of an effect it's a little different yeah yeah so i don't know if it if it I don't know if it, it it was kind of weird, and also you know Christopher Lee was kind of tan for they... <laughs> for, for Dracula, okay. so he wasn't like super pale and white so, and dead. And... So this is Technicolor era, and Technicolor is known for being like for having really intense reds and blues, like the primaries really pop. And one of the problems that comes from restoring Technicolor movies is that sometimes the color doesn't always look... Like, it exposes a lot of things when you update it for Blu-ray or 4K, like the real high-definition screens that we have now. So the whiteout makeup they put on Christopher Lee didn't age very well. Uh, It looked like they just troweled on some baby powder and hoped for the best. Yeah, um, you know, one thing that I, I thought was really cool was um, with uh, Peter Cushing. When I kind of looked at his Van Helsing, the more he acted, I actually found that he probably could do Dracula too. Like, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing could just swap roles, and it would have been... And no an, one would notice. <laughs> it would have it been an amazing movie either way. I think he did play a Dracula role. I have to look into it, but that... In my brain, that sounds familiar. Yeah, but I mean, but still, like, that would be really cool to, just like, or not anymore, but I mean, it would have been, like, back in the day, it would have been cool to see, like, would have been, like, flipped. Yeah. Yeah, I have a funny feeling that there is are movies that exist where he played the vampire role, but put a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you what they were. I'm just, I'm aware of them. Like, I know there's something that exists where he's actually doing that. Yeah. I, I, I have to find out what it is because I think they'd be interesting to watch. We'll, we'll crank up the Google machine. Yep, we'll do that. Um, but I loved, um, I really did actually enjoy this movie quite a lot. Um, the Jonathan Harker character surprised me because in the novel and in every other iteration of the Dracula story, when you start the movie, Harker's kind of in the dark about what Dracula is. Like, he isn't aware that he's a creature of the night. But in this movie, he's he knows what and who Dracula that is. That tripped me out because it was just like, at the beginning of the movie, like, he's writing in this diary. And, and you hear the voiceover... Yeah. Which is, and I think the diary is pulled directly from the novel. Like, Which, it sounds like they're reading word for word. It does. It sounds like there's a couple of lines where I'm like, that sounds like it's from the novel. But, um, like, there's a part where, like, he's he gets hired on to be Dracula's librarian. Mm-hmm. And he's going to live in, you know, Dracula's castle and kind of be there, you know, whenever 
Dracula needs him. Um, with, and then all of a sudden, like, as he's, like, in his room, he's writing in his diary, he's like, okay, I've, I finally made it to, you know, uh, where, where is this place at anyways? It's not um, Transylvania. No, um, to condense it because of budgetary restrictions, they essentially moved the whole, even though it was filmed in the UK, it was supposed to be Germany. Because in, in the book, I think they go from Transylvania to Germany to London, and they kind of just scrapped the, the oh, bookendy okay. parts and just... And so, it just kept it in Germany. But that was the thing was like, so when he actually gets to, you know, Dracula's castle, he's like, okay, I finally made it. And then he's like, oh, there, you know, there's a couple weird things. But then like the neck, like he gets locked into his room by Dracula and then he goes back to writing in his journal and he's just like, I know who he is. And, and like, and he, like, he, like, he has a plan to kill him. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Like he's. Like, he just got hired on to, like, I'm going to go assassinate and this it was, motherfucker. And it was surprising because, like, he and Van Helsing were buddies. Um, so not only is he aware of what Dracula is, like, he's, in, a, in some way, shape, or form, has been trained on how to kill a vampire and what the appropriate protocol is on how to deal with them, which was really surprising because in the beginning, in every other version, Harker's kind of ignorant to the whole thing. But he not only is, like, aware, but he is making it a mission to take Dracula himself down. Yeah, and, like, that was really cool to see. But on top of that, it's very, very proper. Like, he doesn't have this, like... Uh, he He is amazing because he doesn't give off any, like inkling that he's like he's even aware of what dracula is yeah he plays dumb really well. yeah he plays dumb perfectly and so when like he goes into his room and he's thanking dracula for everything for the meal and uh you know he's like oh i'm, I'm okay and he's just he's like oh i'll be fine like i'll take care of myself and then you know dracula sees him out brings it dracula brings his bags in to his room he's and, a good host yeah it's like he just he's like okay cool like you're gonna be my new librarian and then all of a sudden, like, you know, Dracula shuts the door and he turns around to his book and he's like, I'm going to kill that motherfucker. Like, I'm going to stab him so good. And it's <laughs> just much, like, yeah. it's just like, it's really, really creepy. It was. It was definitely um, like an I can't wait to kill him moment. The, the one thing that kind of was eating at me the, the whole time was uh, why did Dracula need a librarian? If Dracula is hundreds and hundreds of years old technically shouldn't he be a librarian like he already knows the history like uh, or is he just i've been under a rock this entire time no i, I am so out of the loop you no, guys no it's not that it's he's a librarian in the organizer sort it's more of a can i need you to i think it's not just I think it's more keeping his affairs in order. Like, it's organizing the things that he has, like, his actual library of, like, books and papers and stuff. But I think it's it's just sort of like a... More of a secretary role he was hired to yeah. do. But, and that's the thing, is, like, with Dracula, I don't feel like he would necessarily hire somebody that is going to be around for a long time. Because then they're automatically gonna know. Oh, here's my secret, and yeah. and fucking within like a couple of hours, it's revealed that you know Dracula is exactly who, you know what, 
you know, Jonathan actually thought, you know, knows and, and thinks what he is. Yeah. And um, so it's like for Dracula to sit there and go, oh, I'm going to hire you. And like the universal one, he hires uh, Jonathan to like as kind of like a like a real estate guy because he's trying to buy land overseas. And so he needs help with that. So he's not like, I'm going to hire you for tonight, but you're not going to like live with me and like no, you're do just my gonna, books. You're just going to stay around for a little while and then you're going to help me. That was yeah. the thing that was like, was kind of throwing me off was just like, so Dracula willingly knew like, Oh, I'm going to hire this guy. He's going to live with me. And, uh, I have to either hide who I am or I'm just going to kill him and turn him, and then he's going to stay with me forever. Which I think that would have been the better plan. But it didn't really. It, but for Dracula, it just didn't seem like he was like had any like eagerness to kill Jonathan. It was just like, oh no, you're good. Like, all right, pal. I'm yeah, go. no, I think I'm with you on that. It gets a bit muddy with with Jonathan's role in Dracula's life. Um, it's. It's clear what he's supposed to do, but the reason why is not. So I'm totally on board with you there. It gets a little, it gets, it's just funky. Um, and I think by not having him stay the real estate agent, uh, kind of gave, made the reasoning a little bit funny, but, um, either way, Harker got there. Yeah. However, um, well, and then once we get into like, so he's kind of getting settled into, uh, the castle, and also on top of that, this castle is pristine. Oh my god, it's the cleanest, creepy castle I've ever seen. It like it's not even creepy. It's like whenever you think of Dracula, like I always think, and I always go back to Universal Dracula. Yeah. But it's just like you. I think of creepy castles and just dark corners and every yeah, yeah. It's just like. You know, stone and just Damn. yeah, it's you know, cliff sides and lightning and everything. This is just a beautiful thing in the countryside. Like it's just a nice little like mansion home. It, like it it's, maintains that Victorian era aesthetic. The set designers did an amazing job of keeping true to the late eighteen hundreds. I think this was supposed to take place in eighteen eighty five, um, mid eighteen eighties. So. They really kept to that very ornate Victorian type aesthetic. Uh, edit that part. Where there's little touches of gold. It, there's like, because Dracula's several hundred years old, you can kind of see he's taken different things from different periods. So, like, there's stuff that's kind of Baroque, there's others that are a bit Renaissance y. Like, they don't necessarily 100% fit with it, the Victorian setting when we go back to Arthur and Mina's place. Um, yeah, it definitely had an, an an old feel to it, but at the same time, it was very, very clean. It was and very well maintained, yeah. yeah it, there was it, nothing broken or scratched or beat up. Yeah, it did not feel like a Dracula uh, kind of setting. But, like, uh, so... Jonathan is getting set into the the mansion, and as he's just kind of you know sitting there at dinner, he accidentally knocks over his uh, loaf of bread or his, his his dinner, and all of a sudden he sees a shadow come behind him, and he looks up and it's just a woman, 
and she's just she's standing there in her like nightgown and this is where the the quote unquote sex kind of comes into play because she's got some tickle bitties and she's they're promoting them out but she's, she's a curvy girl yeah and so she hella clavage yeah she tells uh jonathan like you have to help me you have to help me like he's keeping me against my will and jonathan he no sells this thing so bad well because he knows he's got lucy back home <laughs> yeah he's just like okay like well i can't help you if you don't tell me what like why is he doing that? Why like there's no like sense of urgency. Like if somebody came to you and said like was like, "Oh my god, he's holding me against my will." And it's just like like wouldn't don't you think that there would be like some type of like energy or panic that would follow that because like that's kind of a serious thing. He he played dumb really well. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, really? That's nice." Like, "Oh, like Tell me more." Yeah, and it's just like and she was just like, "Oh, I can't like I can't tell you anymore, but he's holding me against my will, and he's a, he's an evil, evil man, and blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, why is he evil? Is he a bad man? What did he do? Did he tie your shoelaces together and make you walk down the stairs? <laughs> like, like it, it, he just, it, it was just, it was very nonchalant, and it just kind of had this, like, tone of, like, I don't give a goddamn about you. But at the same time, I also didn't know if, well, no, I, I take that back. He, he didn't know that it comes to find out that she's actually a vampire. I don't know if Harker knew that Dracula had company or he had somebody he kept with him um, as a, I mean, she really is just a companion because she was trying to play Harker. That's all she was doing so she could bite him was like, oh, he's yeah. keeping me hostage. But I guess there was... The th- there was three women, and they, again, budgetary things, streamlined it down to just the one. There's always three brides. Like, there's always... Like, it's always like that. I mean, they did it, uh, the three brides and like, Monster Squad. Yeah. Uh, there, there's always somebody... There's something about an odd number that works well in a story. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but sometimes it's like one is... One's not a threat, but having an even number, like two, always feels weird like it doesn't yeah. feel complete um but for there's there's like a rule of three in storytelling that seems to work well really they almost well. had three in this movie but it, not at the same time um i mean technically yes there were three it was just spaced out yeah. so but with this one so the vampire girl she ends up like she tries to get jonathan to help her out and then you know he no sells it and then like she like runs off like she just like i need your help i need your help and then like just fucks off and then just kind of like leaves jonathan there and i mean like okay. well that was weird right like all right moving what on are the, what the fuck am i supposed <laughs> to do with that yeah like i don't know like it's like all right cool so uh but then like the second time he ends up meeting her same thing like she you know like you have to help me you have to help me and then she turns around and like she's like hugging him for comfort because she's like very upset and distraught and like all of a sudden then she like looks at his neck and like that's when as the audience member like they do the whole thing where they zoom in on the eyes and she's just like ooh a neck and then she like bites down and Jonathan throws her off but she doesn't quite get a full bite on him. It doesn't seem like no. she nicks him pretty good, though. But <laughs> we'll we'll talk about this. So right after this, though, 
Dracula comes barging in. RKO out of nowhere. Holy shit. <laughs> but it is like the creepiest thing because this is, I remember watching this movie when I was a very young kid. So I think it was probably like four years old. Oh, you were little. Yeah. I was little. Um, and so I rem- the only thing I remember is Christopher Lee's face. They do a close up of him and his eyes go like the bloodshot red and then like the fangs hissing and the big fangs and it it tweaked my brain when I was a kid. That's the image though that's used a lot when there's advertising for yep. these Hammer Dracula movies is that shot of his face. And it works. It's, it's iconic awesome. for a reason. Yeah. Um, but that whole scene where he just comes rushing into the room, he's very intimidating and he's very imposing and he's yeah. a little bit scary because he's it's unpredictable the way he's going to react. Yeah. And um, he's his whole initially his point was to teach the woman a lesson because she wasn't where she was supposed to be. However, Harker starts to get involved and Dracula turns on Harker and starts to get physical with him, too. Um, yeah. So it but, gets a bit scary. But I like that where you got that the two sides of Dracula where it's he's very, you know, just calm and proper and very polite and actually mm-hmm. welcoming and then turn around and it's just this explosive energy and... And as you said, it's a there is a threat level there that it's is very threatening. It it, it kind of comes at you, and you're just like, oh, like oh, you about to get got, like that. Yeah. That is it for you, sister. Um, but and that's what happens. Like he basically punishes the vampire girl um, for going after Jonathan, and then turn around and because Jonathan knows now, he has to. I mean, know, he turn knew, him. but now Dracula knows. He knows exactly. Yeah. He knew that he knew that she that he knew that she was there and that like yeah that, that we know right, but like that was like, <laughs> but the thing was like uh, the thing that that killed me was that the makeup artist that put the... well hold on I want to talk about that but I want to talk about there's two things I want to talk about here but we have to get to a sponsor real quick oh, okay um so I want to talk about the makeup and I want to talk about what a dumb dumb Harker is <laughs> he, he wasn't that big of a dumb I mean dumb. he was kind of a dumb dumb. It wasn't that big. Okay, we'll talk about it. It was a fatal mistake. It, it, yeah. But yeah, but so it was like walking in the woods with a bunch of snakes. You know they're, they're kind of there, but you're still walking through there. Off to the dum-dum moment. We'll be right <laughs> back. All right, and we're back. So, yes, uh, let's talk about the makeup first, and then we'll talk about dum-dum. Uh, the All dum-dum right. move, anyway. So, um, the thing that I was mentioning before the, uh, the sweet sponsor break, but the... Uh, so... When we actually see Jonathan after he has been bitten and turned, um, we actually see... No, he, was, he hadn't been turned yet. This was just the next morning. He woke up after oh, that's right. Dracula yes. knocked him out. And he had the bite marks on his neck. Yeah. <laughs> In the wrong place. <laughs> the bite marks do not match up for what the way like that she was positioned. And it was like... It was almost like she bit him. Like she like jumped on his back. And then bit him that way. Right. But she was coming from the front with her head tilted to the right. So you could see where they should have been. But it looked like she came at him like head on. And just tried to like bite his neck from the front. From either the front or jumping on him from behind. Like and the angle I, was all funky. I know that like they, the, you know, the, you know, 
vampires always try to go for the jugular because that's where you get, you know... <laughs> get, that's get, a sweet spot. That's a sweet spot. Um, but they weren't anywhere near the, those the, veins. It was, like, it was like just below his chin. And it was just Kind like, of near the Adam's apple. Yeah. The positioning was weird. Unfortunately, this... Like with Christopher Lee's powdered face, the makeup effect didn't age well because you could see the seams of the appliance a little bit yeah. uh, in high def. Um, it... It wasn't great and it's, to begin with, and then it's not aging well on top of it. Uh, that was pretty bad. The puncture marks are really the only makeup effect, though, in the movie um, in terms of, like, wounds and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I know a lot of times, like, with Hammer, they tried to play with blood um, yeah, quite they a didn't, bit. This was a pretty clean movie, um, all things considered. There was a little bit of blood on, like, the side of the mouths, like, after the, the vampires. So, like, after the vampire girl... Uh, is kind of punished. The next thing is that uh, Jonathan gets up to, uh, like, or he goes and he actually finds the coffins. And all the coffins have no lids, which it's I was so bizarre. Yeah, I was like, none of them, not one coffin had a lid. Um, and so, I mean, they're kind of in a mausoleum basement thing, so then half. Two, I guess. No, but I mean, it's it's still one of those things where it's like, so he walks in there, he sees the girl, and he stabs her with, or he, you know, he, you know, stakes her, and really cool effect where you see her, she's like super beautiful, and you know, you, you know, he's about to you know stab her just just in the middle of the boobies, uh, just to again, they really try to kind of portray it and like with the camera angle to show the the cleavage, um, of course. But then, like, after he, you know, stabs her, she, like, freaks out. Like, she wakes, and then, like, she's just, like, screaming in pain. That wakes up Dracula. And so, the, I, yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to take myself back. Yeah, he is a dum-dum. Um, Do you think? Because, okay, so. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, like, holy crap. We'll, we'll put a pin in the makeup discussion for a yeah. second. So, when he walks in, he sees Dracula's laying in one coffin, and he sees Bride laying in the other coffin. And so you would think that the whole reason he's there is to kill Dracula. It's in a very opportune time. It's during the day. Uh, Dracula's sleeping, unsuspecting, totally prone. And instead, he takes a look at Dracula, and he looks up, and then he's like, hmm, I'll get to you in a second. And he goes to kill the lackey, the woman, and it's like... But you wanted the big guy. Why don't you just kill the big guy? And he didn't do it. And so he kills the woman instead. The woman screams and wails in pain. And so Dracula naturally wakes up and flies the coop. So he, like, by the time Harker's done with the woman, he walks back over to Dracula's coffin and Dracula's gone. It's empty. Yeah. And um, I'm just like, what a dummy. Not, not only that, Dracula up and walked his happy ass out up the stairs and out the door, Hart like Hart like turns around. And he's like, "Oh my god!" Like he's gone. And then like shortly after, he walks back over to the woman, and looks down, and she's aged. And so I was like, "That was really cool." Like yeah, I liked, like she'd I, been with him for several decades. At yeah, least. I was like, yeah. "That's really cool." Um, but he's then so, such a dummy. Yeah, but then he looks back up, and then Dracula opens the door. And like to, and then he starts to like walk down the, like the steps, and it's just like, wait a second. So you like got up out of your yeah. coffin, walked all the way up the stairs, walked out of the room, and then go, 
okay, I'm going to give it like a three second and I'm going to make a dramatic entrance. Exactly. It's like, I'm here. Exactly. You're dead. And like, but, <laughs> but that was the thing was like, it was, and then like it just cut the black and then it's like, you kind of got an idea of what was, was happening. But it was just like, that was kind of weird where it's just like, I'm going to leave and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to fuck your day up. And it's just like. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he did it to fake Harker out a little or something. I don't know. But it was just, it is. He did. He literally left just so he could make a grand and, entrance. And I'm, and I'm talking like, <laughs> it's a pretty good sized stair step that going up, like, so, like, because they're down in this, like, cellar area. So it, like, Harker, like, he actually walks down the steps and it takes quite it's a, a bit. It's a full flight of so, stairs, like, yeah. So, like, not only that, I'm talking like Dracula must have, like, gone up there and he's not, like, turning into a bat, and they, they actually kind of dismiss this, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. But, like, he he's just a man, and he's just... He, I can just see him, like, wake up and be like... <laughs> like, just... Just like, scuttle just, up the just, stairs. <laughs> like, just, like, trying to, like, okay, I'm going to do, like... Griffin I'm gonna, the like, shit. I mean, he's a... <laughs> I mean, he's like Christopher Lee's a pretty big man, so I can just see him doing taking like, him three or four at a time. I'm gonna do three or four at a time, just like oh, big step and big step and big step and <laughs> gotta get up the stairs. And then when he comes in, it's just like grand entrance. It was that scene was a little silly yeah. for all of the reasons listed, but um, it still held for that like it, it, it like it was still interesting and it still kept for that like the intense and it yeah. was like even like when like yeah so when he came back in and did his grand entrance you were just like oh shit well cause like when you see Drac open his eyes in the coffin you could you figure as an audience member you're like okay by the time when Harker walks back over there you've got Dracula basically playing possum he's just when Harker leans over Drac's gonna get him like I don't think the initial response is he's just gonna be gone and I love that they made Dracula's eyes like like almost like solid black almost like a shark well, not like the whole thing black, but like his, like the the pupils and everything like the that. The pupils were like super dilated. Super yeah. dilated. Like I thought that was really cool, and that that like when he opened his eyes, it was a really creepy thing because he just kind of like, like what was that? Oh, time to make the donuts. <laughs> like it was just like okay, and then but that was the thing was like it was really really creepy, and then even like when uh, you know Harker like stabs the vampire girl. When she, like, freaks out, you're not really, in a weird way, you're just kind of expecting, like, him just to stake her, and then, like, that's it. But when he's, like, stabbing her, like, she's feeling the actual pain of it. And, like, that was kind of cool. And that doesn't really happen, I mean, too often in in vampire movies where it's, like, if if a vampire's sleeping and they stab him, a lot of times I'll either just, like, go, and then, like, and then it's just dust. She, like, freaks out. Vampires die in different ways. Some go quietly, some go screaming. Some implode, some explode. <sighs> Come on, you got the whole lesson of it in The Lost Boys. Were you not paying attention? I'm sorry, I couldn't... No get... two vampires go the same way. Yeah, I got that. Okay. God, I cannot wait to do that movie. I'm going to tear that thing to shreds. I love The Lost Boys. Oh you my shut God. your mouth. I'm going to turn into the shredder and just... Shredded cheese. So, getting back to the makeup effects. So, one of the things I kind of appreciated was the blood. A lot of more modern vampire movies or TV shows like True Blood, the blood part, it's like they bite down on something and it's like, depending on where they bite, the blood flow can be pretty strong, but they just... They end up with blood 
dripping out of their mouths, down their shirts, smeared all over their faces. You're going to go key and peel on me in a second. Yes. And <laughs> God, don't jump ahead of me. It's my joke. Don't do it. And, nope, because I, I was thinking the same thing. I could feel it coming. The So it's like they make this huge mess. And basically with the... They kept it pretty neat. Like, you, they still had the little dribble of blood, but it was really just like they they ate barbecue and didn't clean up the corner of their mouths kind of thing. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't crazy messy. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It, like, so, I mean, and as we mentioned in the, the Key and Peel, it's the comedy... Uh, I'll let you go ahead and do yeah, it. Yeah, the, the comedy duo uh, on Comedy Central back in the day, YouTube, it, it's their... I they are the best. sincerely hope that everybody listening to us right now oh my God. already knows who Key and Peel is. So... There is an uh, it's not for shame. There is a segment where, uh, you know, the two guys like so. One guy is uh, like a head vampire. I think it's Jordan Peele. And uh, and Keegan Michael Key is the human. And Keegan no Keegan Michael Key is the new recruit. Like he is yeah. he's freshly turned. And the thing is like so he is like <laughs> a dude from the Bronx and like I'm, he's just in the ghetto and he's just like and so. Jordan is just like he's in like all like the black leather and he's just like we're sexy he's like yeah we're like dark and brooding and every there's like girls like making out in the corner and everyone's wearing leather and like the crazy like it looks like they're out of like Blade or something like that that's and, yeah they borrowed pretty heavily from and, Blade but, and they're all like and True Blood they're all like and tonight we feast <laughs> and then like but Keegan's just like why y'all doing that? Y'all y'all know y'all can just talk normal, right? You don't have to hiss at it. Like, like, you know, and every time, like, you open up your mouth, you don't have to hiss, and your fangs just, they just come out already. Like, see, it, it's, and he's just, like. Criticizing just, and questioning yeah, and everything. Then, and then yeah. he's just, like, and then there's a girl, like, rubbing on, like, Keegan's nipple. And he's like, you gotta back the fuck up off my nipple. It's like, God, you can give me rug burn on this shit. <laughs> it's like, God. And, it's, and he, like, turns to, to the two girls, like, making out the girl. He's like, he's like, are y'all even lesbians? And they're like, no. And he's just like, then what are y'all even doing? And he's just, like, tearing up the whole thing. And then, like, there's the they they go and they bring in this, like, this virgin to, like, feast on her. And they, they go to bite her. And, like, they're getting blood all over their mouth. And he's like, look at y'all. Like, y'all just making a mess for no fucking reason. Like, what the? It's like, y'all could just... Y'all can just bite her, and then, and like, and that, that'd be it. You don't have to get it all over the place. Like, what's happening? And then, like, later on, like, all the other vampires are like, yeah, man, like, I don't it's, think this is good. Like, It's so wasteful. And then at the end of the episode, they're all, like, just, like, hanging out. It's like a house party, and they're just, <laughs> it's just, like, normal everything. And then, like, Keegan's like, yeah, man, I just want to get turned, because I want to see future cars. Like, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to die. Like, I just want to oh see what, God. I want to see what the car's going to be like in the future. That's it. But, like, that one was one of the best. Um, and then, like, uh, there was, oh, what, there was another one that was really good. Um, oh, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh there was another one that was really good with that the blood. That movie is so amazing. I can't wait to do it on this show. Yeah, so What We Do in the Shadows is a fantastic comedy. It's a, a mockumentary about this guy. Like, it's... He's, roommate vampires. Yeah, he's following the, uh, this uh, group up there. They're roommate vampires. And there's one guy, he is like... He's like, oh, well, I need to... Like, he's like, I'm really hungry. I need to feast. And he's very... Uh, like Victorian, and so he. Is it Taika Waititi's Taika, yeah. yeah. And so they're like the other guys are like trying to like help him out, but it's almost like he's like trying to find a date. 
And they're just like, (laughs) and he's like, he doesn't know how to get like to lure somebody in. And so when he finally gets someone into his, uh, like into his room, he goes to like bite her and like he bites her in this like weird, like jugular spot and like blood just goes everywhere. It just gushes all over the place. It's all over him. He's just like. I don't know what happened. It's like this is this is crazy. And he's just they're like, and like all the other two guys are just like, "What did you do?" And he's like, "I was trying to be nice." And it's just like I didn't mean it to be like this. You know when I said that the horror of Dracula is very British. The what we do with the shadows is very New Zealand. Oh my god, it's so good. It's very Kiwi. But I but I love that where it's just like every vampire. You know, it's just like there's always something different where it's like either that it's like super bloody and gushy or it's like, you know, there's always that like the the making fun of that, like where it's just yeah. like, oh, I'm going to get blood everywhere. And yeah. And this one is well before that. So it's just basically like you for you missed a spot with your napkin kind of thing. Yeah. Sorry to go on that. I just had to get those out. No, wait, that was a super fun tangent. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> So it's fun tangents with Lunchbox. But that was it. That was it for the makeup effects. Um, and and it was addressed early on when Arthur and Van Helsing were having a conversation about um, the vampire thing. Because uh, Arthur was asking questions about, you know, I heard that this was a thing that they do. They turn into wolves. They turn into bats. They turn into mist and smoke, which is what happens in the Dracula novel. However, because of budgetary constraints, they basically just did a hand wavy comment. Nope. They, it was a hand wavy comment about how it's just a it's a common fallacy and it's not true. That no, was it. No. That explained away all of it. I I see it as that like episode of The Office when Michael's on top ah, of the roof. Another tangent. Yep, and he goes, he's like, so when uh, Arthur's like, oh, doesn't he turn into a bat or a wolf? And then it's like Van Helsing turned around. And it's like Arthur, you ignorant slut. <laughs> it's just like it's like of course they don't. That's just myth. And it's just like that's how I saw it. It was just like you're a dummy. Yeah. Like he was very kind about it, but there was definitely a touch of like you believe that shit in his yeah. voice. Um, it, but that was it. That's how they dismissed the whole thing because they didn't have the budget to turn him into anything so it was a hand wavy comment and that was the end of it um i think later in other the the following dracula movies they had more money to work with so they were able to do some of that stuff um and it was never like van helsing said no that's not a thing but the way that dracula kind of move you could kind of imply that maybe there was some supernatural way he was getting around it was a type of thing where it's like I could see because of whenever he would like spread out his arms and like his cape would would start to flow um, and just the way that he moved, it was very bat like. So, I mean, I could see where they were, they could do like a tie in of like, no, but he would get to places, he would get to places so quickly. Like where you said he must've been booking it forward a time up the stairs. (laughs) That motherfucker's got some long ass legs, man. I mean, he does, but you, you, you could also argue that he changed and got up there very quickly. Um, cause he was up and gone and Harker didn't notice, he didn't hear him going up the stairs. Cause they were, I think they were metal stairs. Like you could hear people running up and down them. So, um, either that or he's very light foot. The, I, I, I was actually kind of glad that they sort of found a way to dismiss it instead of just dancing around it. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of like in the Halloween 
that were at the or the the newest Halloween where they were just like, oh, I heard like, uh, you know, Michael Myers was your you know grandmother's you know brother or something like that, and, and no, like, they yeah, asked like, oh, it was like, no, it was asked of Lori directly by the 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 document. The, the podcasters. Oh, they that's were like, right. That's they right. were like, so is Michael really your brother? And she's like, that's such bullshit. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like, and, and, I, and I go back and listen to our Halloween episode because I like I went on a tangent. But essentially, on that. but essentially, to explain that one away, that she was like, no, that was something made up to try to put a reason as to why he was doing what he was doing. Yeah, and on top of the like, I mean, I love. The like that vampire lore where there's you could turn into a bat and a wolf and snakes and the lycanthropy like, side of it's kind of neat. Yeah. yeah, the shapeshifter part aside is 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 cool, um, but it's not necessary. Yeah, I mean it's like to, it's it feels a little goofy. I mean I think the bat is. I mean you can when you have like in the thirty one Dracula we have a bat on a string or a pole. Yeah, that um, was cool. Bat on a stick. <laughs> yeah, um, but that was the thing. Was like, like I enjoy the Dracula turning into a bat. Uh, the wolf, I don't mind either because it's also a very uh, intimidating predator. Um, and the Dracula, the Keanu Reeves Dracula, um, they did a really cool, you know, wolf scene where it's like it kind of made it a little bit intimidating. Um, and I mean, like when it's done right, it's it's cool. But a lot, but in this one, I actually kind of appreciated that it it didn't they just skipped it. Yeah, I, I like it. It still worked for me yeah. in that. And as you mentioned, like with Peter Cushing, like where he's and Van Helsing is explaining this stuff, and he's trying to you know school Arthur on what they're about to to get into. It really kind of added for that, where it's just like Arthur's actually like like he's all he's in all in, and he's like yeah. I, I want to learn, and so it's like. So they, you know, they asking questions. They eliminated the shapeshifter part. However, they did maintain true to a lot of the traditional vampire lore with the garlic and the garlic flowers um, being a repellent. A repellent. The crosses. I almost got a little Scottish on that for some reason. I don't know why. Crosses. It's like I just listened to something. I don't know. Drew McIntyre talk. Um, so the repellent part um, was true. They maintained that. They uh, didn't do the invitation in at least not directly um it was Im- implied because the lucy and mina would just go throw the window open basically just being like we're gonna let you in yeah which um, are the the uh wives and fiance of arthur and jonathan yeah um and lucy was also arthur's sister so yes. there was which is not true to the novel in the novel it was mina was harker's fiance and lucy was unrelated or I think Lucy and Arthur were a thing, but there was no like blood ties between any of them. But anyway, um, I might be misremembering that. I don't know. But um, so they were kind of invited in. Um, the crosses, the silver crosses were a thing as well. Um, in fact, uh, Van Helsing explains very thoroughly how they actually work. Not only do they sort of repel and hurt a vampire, it can also help expose a vampire, which we see later on with Mina when she has a crucifix dropped in her hand and there's a, uh, she screams because it hurts her. Um, so that exposes her as having been turned. So uh, they follow that lore pretty closely. Um, and then the stake to the heart thing, that was followed as well. The sunlight 
uh, hurts them and can kill them kind of thing. So they maintain a lot of those tropes. They just dropped the one with the shape-shifting, yeah. which is um, fine. The one thing that I thought was really interesting was that it took Dracula a long time to actually turn somebody. And yeah. in most movies, it's like you're bitten, and then like within like... The sh- like a few short hours or, or if that like after like you you kind of pass away you come back as the he, the undead the way he it looked in this movie and the way it was it, it, he he seduced them so that they would want to turn like you could see that very clearly with Lucy especially yeah. where he'd been visiting her like he'd already taken out Jonathan and and left and, and flee to, flee, flew, I don't know what the past tense is, but he left, and he showed up. Motherfucker bounced. Yeah, and he, he showed up where Harker had lived, and, um, he was stalking Mina, or not Mina, abort, Lucy, and, um, when we meet Arthur, Mina, and Lucy for the first time, we find out that Lucy's been sick for a few days, she hadn't been feeling well, and her doctor said, oh, she's anemic. And when Van Helsing hears that diagnosis, he's like, I need to see Lucy now. Because there's no reason for her to be anemic except for one. Well, at this point, Lucy's already been visited, like, multiple nights in a row. Yeah. And and by the time we see her, like, she's got the crucifix on. Um, because, you know, she's a good little religious girl. But uh, when she gets set up to go to bed for the night, she takes the crucifix off. She opens up the the French doors to let him in and she is like on edge waiting for him to show up. She is so it's like her lover was coming to sneak in through her window kind of a thing. And that's where we get the sexy vibe, but they don't push it at this point. So, um, he comes in, he's got, and I, I have to admit, like it was totally erotic vibes and nobody took their clothes off. It was crazy. Yeah. crazy like the like, tension and, in that and room and that's the thing is like Christopher Lee did a fantastic job just kind of building that presence yeah. and like and even where it's just like it was very intimidating where he just comes in yeah. you know what, what's about to happen yeah. but then at the same time like just seeing uh, you know Lucy there just kind of laid out just like wait as you said waiting for her lover and all of a sudden like he just kind of engulfs her with his, yeah. his cape and it, like then it cuts to black. It's like you know what happened, but it's still it's intimidating and like and welcoming and just sexy all in like one package. It's definitely a, you go through a gamut of emotions um, if you like if you put yourself in Lucy's shoes because you can tell she's a little like she's excited, she's anxious for him to show up, and then when he does show up, you can see she's a little bit nervous, but still wants it. Yeah. And um and that was like the the and the score of the music also helped with that you know putting it in that vibe of like there's something wrong and yeah. this is this is not supposed to happen. Right. Yet the way that she's just kind of like she doesn't really have the full control yet at the same time it's like I know I shouldn't be doing this but I'm going to I really really want this. I'm yeah. just going to do it anyways. And when I say like yeah. nobody takes their clothes off, I mean like not only is Drac fully dressed, but Lucy is in a Victorian nightgown with a collar all the way up her neck. Like, basically from the chin down, she's covered in a sack of fabric. It's pretty fabric, but it's a sack. And um, 
so you see nothing. Like, you can kind of see her shape when she's walking around the room a little, but that's about it. So you get that vibe with Lucy, but then a little bit later when he gets, sinks his fangs into Mina, um, Mina is, she's a little more of the heaving bosom type, where, like, yeah. her, her nightgown's a little bit lower cut, she's showing her arms are exposed, her hair's down. Um, Mina was definitely more of, like, She's a little bit more of an innocent, and then you get a little bit more of the sexy vibe from Mina, because she, she means she's a little older. She's a little, you know, more uh, comfortable with herself. I'm sure that has something to do with it. But th- again, you get the sexy vibe from it, and um, I'm glad that they kept it as subtle as they did, for at least for this go-round, even though they would start pushing it much later. Um, it... It kind of gave you like little shiver bumps down your spine, yeah. Because you're just like, I'm. It's equal parts erotic and kind of nerve wracking at the same time because you know someone's gonna die. Yeah. And um, the one interesting thing that I actually found, um, as I mentioned before, where it took Drac like a long time before like he actually turned them. Um, he had to make, like, multiple visits in yeah. order to, to do that. With Lucy, he had to have um, seen her, like, three or four times. Well, so, after uh, uh, Mina ends up getting bit, uh, this is when Arthur and Van Helsing are on the hunt for Dracula. They know that Dracula is in, in the area, but they're trying to, you know, figure out how to uh, kind of, like, pinpoint him or lure him into certain areas. Uh, they figured out that, uh, well, Van Helsing, he sh- arrives at Dracula's castle and sees a carriage with a coffin, you know, like, uh, running away, like, just, like, hauling oh, ass, yeah. like, not those even, like, full bothering speed to ahead stop. on those yeah. horses, yeah. Almost running Van Helsing over. Um, so, he, he, they know that the, the coffin was containing Dracula, and so they're trying to, like, figure out a way to do this stuff. Mina's in the the room with them, and she's, like, knitting, and then she's like, what are you guys talking about? And Arthur's like, oh, we'll be right with you in a minute, dear, and and they're, like, trying to still go back with their plan, and then Arthur goes back to Mina, he's like, okay, he's like, dear, please, if you could do this for me, I need you to wear this, this cross, and she flinches, and he's like, it's okay, it's, like, I just need you to wear it just so you're protected and everything like that. And that's when she, like, grabs it and, like, freaks out. Yeah, and, like, she she lets out a wail. And then and she then, passes out. Right, and when they open her hand, they see the, the burn where the cross yeah. had hit her skin. So here's the thing that, that was very intriguing. So Van Helsing decides that they, and I know you're going to get squeamy, but they do a blood transfusion between uh, Arthur and Mina. I hate this yeah. so much. So um, we'll get through this part quick. But yeah, so but Van Helsing ends up deciding that he's going to do a blood transfusion and that'll help cure Mina. Well, so that was a thought anyway. Which is like... It didn't work, but he tried. No, it did work. Well, it started to work, but then they but then ended up like at the end of the killing Dracula and it just destroyed the whole bloodline. But at, and that's what saved her. But it was still a, a thing where it's like, I don't know if, it's like, I was actually kind of curious to see if it would actually mean, would work. She was very drained of blood. Um, so that was part of it. But it's not like the Red Cross now where they have the big vampire bus and they put your blood in a bag. 
this was like a peer-to-peer transfer where there was a tube in one arm, a tube in someone else's arm, and then he was squeezing a little ball to pump blood from Arthur into Mina. And I almost passed the fuck out because I don't do medical stuff like that. I especially am not a big fan of blood, like cuts and stuff like that have never bothered me. Um, Horror blood and guts have never bothered me. Even someone just like falling and skinning their knee on a sidewalk doesn't faze me. However, if there is a medical procedure to move blood out of one's body, I get the the heebie-jeebies so bad. And this scene squicked me out to the point where, like, my vision swam a little bit. (laughs) Wow. It was fucking brutal. And I was like, this is the worst part of the whole movie because I'm going to puke in my lap. But I just thought that that was a really interesting thing uh, for Van Helsing to go. I think it was more of like a, hey... I have this new trick. Let's try this out. I've never never had an opportunity to do this. And it's like more of like getting data to actually see if it would work. Yeah. Or if she's just fully turned and it just hasn't really kicked in yet. Well, I also what think the if it, situation was. Well, because she had turned at least to some degree, I think that also might have helped keep her satiated so she wouldn't bite him or Arthur, either. I don't know, but like, Gerda, even, even Arthur was just like, no, like, she's okay, and it's just, it's fine. And then they went off and tried to fight, you know, Dracula. And they didn't and stuff even like that, give but... Arthur cookies or juice, the savages. No, they fucking gave that fucker wine. They're like, oh, go have, like, uh, here, you can have, like, yeah, a- please ignore the swimmy feeling in your head by drinking wine and making it worse. Like, so. <laughs> they they just told it like he just got right up like it just after happening he just got right up and they're like okay go get a go get a glass of wine and as somebody sit. who's had a ton of like vials of blood drawn out of their body just sitting up nope is not a thing like you don't just go I'm fine no it takes a minute no he just gets right on up like he's like oh I'm gonna go you know mow the yard now and it's no. just like it's just <laughs> but like that was the thing it was like they they went through this whole process and I thought. Like, I, I was actually more curious to actually see if it would work because that is the only time I've ever seen anybody try to fight the the vampire, you know, the vampire vampirism. gene. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I always kind of saw it as like a snake bite where it's, if you get bitten, you have a possibility of surviving if you have like an antidote or anything like that. That's the Twilight method. Yeah. In Twilight. Please don't crucify me, people. I I went through a phase. We all did. I was 20 years old. The Twilight thing was where it was a venom. So if they bit you, there was like a venom, like just like that. It was like a snake venom. And if you allowed it to make its way through the body, you would become a vampire. And there was a scene where, oh, I feel really weird. I feel uncomfortable talking about this. And I feel like I'm going to get made fun of so bad. But there's a scene where Bella gets bit. And Edward has to suck the venom out. And that's essentially what saves her from turning into a vampire. Even though that's what she wanted, was to turn. Uh, He didn't want to see her do it, so... Let's talk more about Twilight. I don't... That's all I've got. What else happened in Twilight? We're just going to drop that there. (laughs) They treated... They treated treated a vampire bite like a snake bite. (laughs) You're the one who brought it up! So, I was just letting you know that it... Was a thing. I'm not the one that read Twilight. In one of those movies, I mean, I'm okay. So moving on. <laughs> She's uncomfortable, guys. It's awesome. <laughs> so moving on. Um, but yeah, that was that was one attempt to do it. But eventually, they did run Dracula down, and 
um, Van Helsing basically flushed him out close to daylight. And uh, after giving chase through Arthur's house a little bit, it was because it was crazy, like the twist that they put on this, because they go to the morgue where the coffin was delivered and the mortician's like, yeah, it's over here. And oh no, no, let's talk about that. That cheap there was, fucker. There was uh, it was an ordeal getting there, but so the mortician, they like they they get there and they're like, it hey, wasn't the mortician. Like, it was the 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 courier, the guy who was delivering it because yes. they wanted the paperwork. And he was like, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. He's like, I can't give this. I can't give this. And all of a sudden, Arthur pulls out like a twenty, and he's just like. Okay, I could possibly talk. I could tell you. He greases the wheels a little. Yeah, and then he like gives out another tweet. He's like, "All right, I'm definitely gonna talk now." Like it's here he goes. Let's go take you to it. And this is like, yeah, wow. Like, yeah, a couple of quid was all it took for his scruples to fall apart. Yeah. So like, so they get the information. They go to the morgue, and they're like, and the mortician's like, "Sure, I'll show you." It's kind of towards the back of the room here, and it's gone. No coffin to be seen. So they're like, "Oh shit! Well, where could it be?" So when they get back to Arthur's house, they're talking to. Gerda, the housekeeper. Oh, she's freaking out because Dracula came in. Because Mina got bit. Yeah. And they're like, and she mentioned something about how Mina told her not to open the basement door, don't let anybody in the basement, don't go down there kind of thing. And because she was feeling so guilty about what happened to Lucy, because she's the reason why Lucy got killed, um, the when the the men run down to the basement. They're like, well, holy shit, there's this pristine white coffin in there. And lo and behold, there's Dracula. So... Yeah, so Dracula ends up going up and uh, kidnapping Mina, and he takes her back to Dracula's castle, and he decides that he's going... I guess I guess he's, he's bitten her again, and he's going to uh, put her in the ground and kind of... It was of, time for the change. And, and kind of finish the job. The a nice little like uh, like kind of movie trivia fact is I guess like so as they were filming it and, and Christopher Lee is like digging the hole like trying to put Mina in there I guess he accidentally fell in the hole and like fell on it, her it was because of the contacts when he was wearing yeah. the bloodshot contacts he couldn't see yeah, so, so, like, he, so he misstepped in one of the takes and fell in the hole on top I of the stunt I want to see that take I do too it's probably burned somewhere. Yeah, it's, but it's it like, doesn't oh exist God. anymore. But I guess there's a funny little outtake. Um, maybe it's on like a DVD or Blu-ray version of the movie. But there's a little outtake about that. But he does. He buries her and then books it back to the castle. Right as the men were getting there. So yeah, well, yeah. Arthur and Van Helsing like show up and they're like, "There he is! Get him!" And they're like, "Dragula does this whole like." <laughs> it was like a Scooby Doo thing. It was <laughs> like he just runs off. I gotta go back to my house. Like you're half expecting him to be like zoinks and then run. Uh, he didn't though, thankfully. But it was very cartoony. So the the men split up. Arthur stays to get Mina out, and then Van Helsing takes off after Dracula, ch- chases him through the house, and what ends up killing Dracula is not a stake or any real physical reason why like van helsing didn't directly kill him what ends up killing him is the fact that it's so close to sunrise when he gets back with mina that he doesn't make it to his lair dungeon whatever at in time so he gets knocked to the floor 
And you can see his hand hits one of the slivers of sunlight that's pouring well, into the windows. Well, that's the thing is like, so him and, uh, so he's actually fighting with Van Helsing and, and owning Van Helsing. And then yeah. finally, like, Helsing gets away. And then he looks over and he's pretty close to the window and he sees that the sun's coming through. And that's when he like runs and lunges and like rips down the curtain. And then that's when the sunlight just. Yeah. So you see it first, you see his, it hit his hand first, and then it hits the rest of his body. The, it's really cool because they do the Buffy thing where he crumbles and turns to dust. So basically he just becomes ash after being burnt up. Um, all that's left of him when all is said and done is his ring. Because his ring was the only non-organic thing on his body. Everything else got burnt up, including his clothes, which was weird. Um, but okay, sure, why not? It, it was a really cool effect, and uh, it was definitely... An effective one because you were looking at that going, that's really cool yeah. for a real practical. And it was like that. and it was very slow where it was like they started with the hand and like they showed like they would show the the hit, the sunlight hitting the hand and then they go back to Van Helsing and then they flip back and like yeah. then you look and it's like it looked like a mummified hand and then like they uh, he, they actually didn't like like they pushed him back into the sunlight and then like it started going with his face same exact thing they, it, but they. Did a, it was like this weird like kind of like time lapse and it really paid off like it was really cool. Rumor has it that there's a Japanese edition of the movie where um, that scene is extended some more and it's a little bit more um, physical and gory because there, I guess what happened was Christopher Lee basically ripped his face off while it was on you know being burnt up. I want to see that. That'd be cool. I kind of want to see it. Like the, the the kill scene was a little bit more extended, but for the general rele- population release, it was... I have an itch, sir. But for the general population release, um, it was edited out. Thankfully, there was the, the one Japanese copy that survived that had it, so I guess it's still floating around. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to see if I, can, if I can find that. Yeah, you'd have to just find like an extended edition um, type thing. I don't think any of the Hammer collections will have it, but who knows. I'd have to dig into it a little deeper. Um, but the kill was was really cool, and the movie had an eighty two minute runtime. It was pretty short, um, but it it worked. I think if the movie went on any longer than that, it would have dragged. So the pacing was really good because it was such a short runtime. They kind of had to get to the point pretty quick, and um, they cut a lot of the fat and really streamlined because if anyone's ever seen a copy of Bram Stoker's Dracula, it's a brick. There's a lot of material there. So they basically took the main outline and condensed it down to make this movie work because they had an $81,000 budget in like 10 days to make this movie. So it ended up working out. Um, Um, But what do you want to give your uh, skull rating on this one? This was a three and a half out of five for me. Nice. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, this was Hammer before they started kind of getting a little outrageous, like we t- discussed in the beginning. Um, I think all of the elements to make it feel like a proper Dracula story were there. Um, yeah, there were a couple things that didn't quite hit the mark, like some of the makeup effects and stuff like that. But um, I mean, it's the, you know early late 50s early 60s so you can kind of give him give him a little bit of a pass a little bit and again 
the budget restrictions were probably really painful for them. So that's fine. Um, it didn't, it was a, like the bite marks on Jonathan's neck were a little distracting because I noticed them immediately, but it didn't, it didn't take away from the story in any way. No. It's not something that it just ruined the whole thing. It was just kind of one of those like, hey, that's weird. And then you kind of move on after that. Yeah. Um, like you still accepted that he was bitten and like, yeah. the, and the actor was fantastic and he actually, and he sold it perfectly, but it was just the, the like, okay, it's like from a physical standpoint, it's like that, the bite mark should have been flipped around. Yeah, or, the, they know. should have been rearranged, but that's fine. The, and that I think was the key thing about this movie was the acting was superb. Like the script was pretty lean, um, but every single person in the movie, everybody, like there wasn't one person you could point to from Christopher Leah's Dracula all the way down to the little girl playing Tanya in the movie. Like every single person nailed it. And you can't point to anybody and go, that was really shit. Or like that was really goofy. Or like there's no real, unless you're going to start really nitpicking real close, but it was great. Um, the setting was beautiful. Um, it, I mean, it's a, it's a Dracula story, so you you know what you're getting into if you're familiar. If you've seen any Dracula movie ever made, ever in the history of cinema, you know what you're looking at. Um, but yeah, I like it. Three and a half out of five. Definitely. I want to I wanna see documentary stuff on it, though. I feel like some of the behind-the-scenes info and um, kind of learning how the sausage was made a little bit uh, would be really cool. Yeah, I definitely agree on that. I'll have to see if there's anything out there. I, I know there's a bunch of like Hammer like documentaries, and especially because like yeah, especially because Hammer's has such a rich history. Um, it's pro there's probably something out there for him. Yeah, for sure. What yeah. about you? Um, I'm actually gonna give this one a three. It's a it's a solid three for me. Um, so at all the points that you made are I'm right there with you on that. Uh, I mean, I think my favorite things out of this movie. Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, and, and Michael uh, Gout, like, they are phenomenal. Like, they are, it's so much fun to watch them. Even if, even with the, the very proper British acting, mm -hmm. they still killed it. Like, they did a fantastic job. Michael, uh, you know, as Arthur, like, he was very much like, I don't want anything to do with Van Helsing. Every time this man comes around, something happens, and he's just very, it's very... Uh, very proper, but at the same time, it's just like, dude, fuck off, and it's just in the most polite of ways. It's so, it's so good, and then, uh, but then, like, he ends up coming around where he's just like, oh nope, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag team this with you. Um, so I like that. Uh, the one thing that I felt this movie needed was more explanation. So I was needing uh, more out of why the hell Jonathan. Uh, knew what he did mm -hmm. and it was just more of like he was posing as the the quote-unquote librarian um, that was hired by Dracula for some reason and but he already knew what Dracula was so there was already a history and uh, like they've already come into contact with the other undead that right. Dracula has is put in so like there's more and they don't say any of that. Even, like, out of all the, the diary stuff that Jonathan, like, you know, does in his voiceovers, 
there's nothing saying like I've you know been hunting him for years or I've been doing like there's none of that. He just uh, yeah. it's just like oh I know who he is and I'm here to kill him. Right, you just to go with it, and that's it. So do you think maybe when the Sangster was putting the script together, do you think maybe they trimmed too much fat away down into the muscle? They did a little bit because well at least for Jonathan because what I would have done was. Um, so when Van Helsing is in his study and he's listening to his recordings of his notes um, and he's kind of going back through all of his stuff, I would have loved to have him go, oh, me and Jonathan, you know, stumbled across this piece of information or like we had this situation and like to kind of give a little bit more of a like, OK, they were working and they were partners or, or like something because it's like like Arthur is the was it, he's the brother-in-law soon to be brother-in-law he's but soon yeah. to be brother-in-law to Jonathan and so there's no like backstory as to what that is and so that means that Jonathan has been in this game for a good amount of time with Van Helsing who has been in the game for longer mm. who's dealt with Dracula for much much longer and that's where it's like I just feel like there's a bigger story in that, and it's like, but I mean, you don't, yeah. you don't really get a whole lot out of that. Um, and yeah, I can then, see that. Yeah, and then like uh, the one other thing that I really wanted more out of was more Christopher Lee. Like I wanted more yeah. Dracula in the movie. I, um, think- I like, I do appreciate the times when he's there, and it does make a big impact when he shows up. He's a shark from Jaws. He's Bruce. He is, and and but that's the thing is like it's still a, it's a good thing when you want more of it because sure. it's like I want to see the villain more. I want to see that creepy, you know, the bloodshot eyes and the the hissing and stuff like that. Like, I want to see like I want to see more of that and um, like so that that's that is a uh, a good thing. But it's like I also wanted more out of the backstory uh, to kind of help build all the awesomeness that was was all that's that's there because Cushing killed it Michael got killed it Christopher Lee killed it everyone killed it everyone's dead just buried it burned it that's actually that's actually a good point I think um to have that relationship because that what that means is that Jonathan's had a secret from his entire family for a long time including his fiance and we don't know how long they've been together and when we meet Lucy we never see the two of them together we meet Lucy well after Jonathan's dead so yeah I think there's a lot of room there um I this is definitely a movie that suffered for the sake of the budget real bad but Um, um if you just go with it though it's it's entertaining as hell. Yeah. Like, it's good. I will say probably one of the, one of my favorite creepiest scenes is when... Alright, so I believe it is Arthur's niece is... Or, who is she related to? Tanya is Gerda, the housekeeper's daughter. Okay, that's what it is. Alright. I thought she was the niece. No. Um, all right, so... But the, she calls Lucy Aunt Lucy because... That's what it she's is. She's known okay. Lucy since she was a baby. Okay. So, but this little girl... Uh, she comes into the room and she's freaking out. Uh, and then uh, Arthur's wife, uh, Mina, is 
you know, trying to, you know, calm her down, and she's like, what's, what's wrong, and like, what's happening, and she's like, oh, a, a woman, like, she, you know, came to me, and she's, uh, you know, she tells me to, like, go on a walk with her, and she's just like, and the girl's, like, freaked out, and they, and they go, well, who's the woman, they're like, it was Aunt Lucy, and at this point, Lucy's dead. Yeah, everyone thinks she's dead, or e- knows she's dead. Everyone's dead, and so Arthur freaks, and he's just like, what, what do you mean? And so, he goes down to the 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 grave and to see that Lucy's body is not there. And so he's just like, holy shit. And then him and Van Helsing, and like they start to kind of work together a little bit. And they go out to the graveyard. And the creepiest scene is uh, Lucy is walking in the woods. And then all of a sudden you see the little girl come out. And she's just like... I'm like you. You called me, and I come. Like I came, so that means that Lucy was like trying to lure this little child into this, you know, grave so that she could, you know, feed, you know, feed on her. And but Lucy was just super, like, it, very, very creepy. Yeah. And it, yeah, the like, actress that played Lucy, um, what was her name? Uh, Carol Marsh. She she. Hit a home run with that. Yeah. Her eyes. It was all in the eyes. Yep. It very, very uh, creepy vibes. And like it, like she just kind of stared and burned a hole in you. And just the, the it was kind of like um, when like Pennywise would like stare at the kids, and he just kind of like hungered for him. Like like when he stared at Georgie, and it was just like I like there I was a bloodlust. I cannot wait to get at you, but like I'm trying to like. It kind of had Be patient, that. Same, yeah. It kind of had that same vibe, and then all of a sudden, Arthur and Van Helsing showed up, and uh, Arthur was like, "Lucy, what are you doing?" And she just like she like came over and was trying to like, uh, kind of play it off, and then all of a sudden, Van Helsing comes over and is like, "Here's a cross, bitch!" And then like, <laughs> and like put it right on her forehead, and like evil Eddie that thing, and she like freaks out. She's got a cross on her forehead. And then, like, runs in, into her, uh, her... It's her in the mausoleum. Co- and her, yeah, goes to the mausoleum, goes into her grave, and, like, takes a nappy nap. It um, was really close to sunrise, too. Yeah. Like, dangerously close. But her, that was yeah. the thing, was, like, they were so... Like, she was so close to getting that little girl. And then, like, uh, Van Helsing takes his coat, puts it on the girl, and tells her, like, okay, like... And, and again super calming and it's just like this girl would have should have been freaked the fuck out and like he's like all right just you know just stay here it's okay we got to go do this thing and then you know just you know just very you, british stiff yeah, upper just, lip just stay it's just stay nice and warm and don't promise not to run away all right i'll see you later like i'll be right back two seconds and then like <laughs> then like walks and then walks over and i'm going to go stake this bitch and it's just like <laughs> so that was that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, but I'm gonna give it a three because I definitely wanted more out of that backstory with Jonathan because everything in this movie was so good that I wanted more. Yeah. Oh, um, I know we want to we're trying to wrap this thing up, mm. but I just remembered one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, even though we gave our skull rating, and that's usually the end of the the line as the go home cue, but yeah, fuck that. The costuming was beautiful. The coat because you brought up the coat that Van Helsing oh, yeah, put yeah. on Tanya. He had this amazing wool, long wool trench coat. Um, it was like an extra long pea coat kind of thing. And then it was like a fox fur trim. It was beautiful. It was that perfectly tailored Victorian style. Um, the women were uh, corseted and buttoned up in their dresses and stuff like that. But it was like, 
expensive fabric. Like you could tell a good chunk of this budget went to the wardrobe yeah. to make it as like pristine as possible. Like yeah. the men's suits were tailored within an inch of their lives. Like yeah. it was clean there lines was, um, and everything. There was a really cool little uh, trivia bit too where I guess the uh, Dracula's cape went missing and they like uh, so you know out of the studio and stuff like that and they just it I think know, it was gorgeous yeah and out of nowhere it popped up in a like a not like a thrift shop but it was like a it was like it was a like a costume shop in uh, London and so they were like oh my god like this is the the cape from the movie and so they ended up getting with Christopher Lee to like, actually like, get it confirmed and they really like nailed it down that yes. It was his cape from the movie, and it's like worth like over like fifty thousand dollars at at this point. Like from, I think it was like back in like the nineties or something like that. Like when like, like so, I mean, it's probably worth more than that now. But it was just like, but it was like, how cool is that to be like? Oh, I'm just you know rummaging around like because they were just doing inventory and they're like, oh, here's a priceless cape like from yeah. a, a a classic movie, and it's like that's yeah, pretty cool. and that cape was amazing. It the it was a heavy enough fabric that it draped around Lee really well. But it was still light enough that he could kind of throw it around and you could get that hero cape vibe to it. Like it was the the costume designers and the set designers knocked it out of the park. And it's a shame the script had to suffer a little bit to get it done, but I think they really made it up on the back end with the look of the movie. Yeah, the the story itself was was good. Like it was I mean, it was your typical like I mean if it, it was your Brom Stroker, but they made it work for what they what they needed mm-hmm. for time constraints and stuff like that. And kind of made it their own, too. Yeah, it, exactly. And But, like I said, as far as, like, I just wanted more out of it, and that's a good thing, because it's like I wanted to see... Like, I needed to see more out of yeah. it. It wasn't bad. It's like it was because I enjoyed it so much that it was just like... I, like, I, I can't wait to, to watch more, you know... Hammer Dracula stuff. Luckily, there's a bunch that follow this, oh, so yeah. we have plenty to pick from. Oh yeah. Um, I'm actually thinking maybe we should do a Hammer Month at some point because there's a lot. Of, I think that'd be cool. A lot of those. To, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I think that about wraps yeah, up so the horror of Dracula. Three point five and a three. So go watch this movie. It's fun. Yeah. It uh rented on Amazon Prime. I think it was two ninety nine or something like that. It was pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, or you can buy the DVD for like seven ninety nine on Amazon. And I, I actually think that there is like Hammer like collection There's DVDs. So a I mean, fucking ton of them. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you could probably find it on one of those. Yeah. There's a bunch. Uh, so just look around. It's really easy to get your hands on. So that is the end of the horror of Dracula, and that's it for us this week. Join us if you subscribe. You can join us every Tuesday in your favorite podcatcher. Um, like, share. Uh, comment any five star reviews on Spotify and iTunes are greatly appreciated. If you want to follow us on social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Creepin' It Real. R E E L is a movie reel. If you want to buy something because you love us so much, we have a Redbubble page. If you go to creepinitreal.redbubble.com, we have a ton of merch, all one of a kind unique designs by Lunchbox. He's the graphic designer up in this bitch. He does all the damn work. Yup. Producer, editor. I just come up with the content. You do the rest. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Graphic designer. I also do your editing for your other show, the rest, wrestling ramble on. Go listen to that show. Yeah, too. you're the your producer and editor for that. Jeez. Um, and I don't get paid. Well, I do get beer, so I that's yeah. One thing. See, I pay you in beer. Beer and Twizzlers. 
Woo! It's breakfast of champions. <laughs> All yeah. right, guys. I guess with that, be good. Um, we will catch you next week. And as always, um, don't go into dark German castles because you just might get bit. Word. Now I'm Lunchbox. And I'm Meg. We'll see you then. Bye.